dear sports fans, welcome again to your Sports Memo podcast. My name is Biola Solis Chuku. And like I said last time, when you hear me, you know we are to talk all things tennis. So yes, that's what we're going to be doing again this evening. Roland Garros, the French Open, the second grand final of the year is in full swing. It's day three today and it's been very, very eventful. These first three days have been absolutely eventful. The rain also disrupted the um, schedule a little yesterday, but it's still day three, and matches are going on as I speak. I won't be doing this alone, of course. I have my co-host with me, tennis lovers from all around the world, not just Nigeria, where I am. Hi, Atinuke. Good evening. Hello, Biola. Good evening. Nice to be here once again. Yeah, how's the French Open going for you? Um, it's been good. It's been good. There's been a lot of shocking results, a lot of surprises. But um, that's what I love about the Grand Slam. We always get yeah, some surprises. Yeah, we'll get into all those surprises and funny results. Good evening, Ferry. Hi. Hi. Good evening. Nice to be here again. Yeah, nice <laughs> to have you again. How's the French Open treating you at the moment? Um, it's it's been okay. Um. As expected, a lot of shocking results, but that's what makes clay court tennis very special. Mm. Yeah, and that's what makes Grand Slams very special as well. Indeed. So, like I said, it's been very eventful day three of the tournament, and we've seen some very shocking results and some, yeah, normal results. But uh, I think I'll first go with the normal results. Let's leave the funny results for later. Of course, um, we talked about in the preview that one person who is obvious um, favorite for the title in the WCA is world number one, Iga Fiontech, who has won five protective titles. And she started her campaign with a 6-2-6 love victory over Lesia Sorenko. She's been serving a lot of bagels this year to almost everybody she meets. And this was definitely not a surprising result. The likes of Maria Zakari, Coco Goff, Petra Kivitova, Emara Dukanu also got um first round win. But then okay, let's just go into those funny results. Asnika, I'll start with you. What really happened to Unstable? I considering the form she was coming into Roland Garros. Um I watched the match against Magdalinet and um because on a Sunday so there was not a sense I was able to watch it. Um she started very well. I felt like she started very well. Um, at the beginning, there was some exchange of breaks, but towards the end of the process, I think she settled down and um, she was going well forward. But I think um, one thing Lynette did in the second set was defend very well because we know the kind of tricky players Jabot can be. You know, she can give you a variety of shots from any any angle on the court. And um, I think Magda really frustrated her in making sure she was eating extra balls and Magda was there to take her chances and at the end of the day I think um, that was what happened and Lina took her chances and she was to get the win yeah so it, it was really shocking because this is on Jabor that we talked about during the preview and we mentioned that she was one of the favorites to win the tournament after winning the Madrid Open getting to the final in Rome as well she had won more um, clay court matches than any other woman this year as well and 
was it fatigue really do you think she's played too many matches and then it got to her at the most important moments because it seems like a big letdown for someone who was supposed to you know go really deep into the tournament could it have been fatigue was it nerves because like Atenuke said she started the match really well Femi Yeah, I think um she did. I I was following the the update. I didn't actually watch it, but a funny thing was I think I did like some poll. Was it a poll on Twitter like with your Yeah, that post and all of that. And I was I saw I was looking through the comments people on Jabal and Jabal as that. Oh, I'm like These people do they not watch women. Atinuke, your friends on Twitter <laughs> definitely jinx on Jabal. It is all your fault. Exactly. Like, I don't think only being my fault, but the first start of tournament. When I said people should yeah. predict who was going to win and everything, like five of them were writing on Jabal, Jabal, Jabal. Yes, exactly why I said your friends jinx her. I went there and I was quoting it. She's out. She's out, and they were like, everybody was surprised because we all expected her to go far in the tournament. Yep, yep. So I'm, 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 I'm. I was surprised she came out. She, she was knocked out in the first round, but I didn't expect her to go on to win the Grand Slam. I think there's something with her when it comes to slams that she always falls short. I think she needs to work on a lot of her. Uh, maybe some psychological side of our game needs to improve for us to improve our running slams because she definitely have the game and what it takes to to go deep in grand slams. She does. So, uh, I don't know what's been what's been lacking uh, when it comes to the majors, but yeah, it was a shocking result. It's it's still for now the most shocking, the the biggest upset so far. Other things come our way. Uh, well, I'm watching Halep and Sean as we speak, man. She's a breakdown, but maybe another one is coming. Uh oh, uh oh. Yeah, it's. Yeah. I think on Jabari, so far, like you mentioned, has been the most surprising result of them all. I mean, she isn't actually the highest ranked player that has um crashed out of the tournament, but it's definitely the. You know, supposed to be guest upset. One of the most informed. Yeah. Yes, mm. considering how informed she was going into the tournament, but I, I don't think that takes anything away from the impressive clay court season she's had so far. I mean, this is like I mentioned, a big letdown. It is what it is. Like she mentioned, she said, um, "I need to go back to the drawing board. You know, learn from this loss and all of that." So all the best ones, Jabal, as we go into grass season. I hope she learns from this. I hope she can channel um, the form she's had into winning, or at least going deeper into slams as as time goes on. Speaking of upsets and more upsets, I think we expected this one. We talked about it during the previews. Kaya Kanepi, the upset specialist, was always going to upset Gabine Muguruza, wasn't she? She was always going to do it. <laughs> I should look at. Surprise! Oh, that's going to happen. When you have a 35 record against top 10 at Grand Slams and you have exactly. what 2 so it's just uh, showing up. And I mean that match, um, Gabi Muguruza actually started well again. She was set on a break up, and at that point, I felt like, oh, no upset today. Um, I thought Muguruza was going to win at that point, but from three one down, Kanepi just started eating every shot. She could eat, and um, 
she has this weird face when she's winning. She does she she does not show her emotion. She's like angry at herself, either winning or losing. And once she put on that face, you know you are in for the real canopy. And um, that was what happened. And from there she rolled and even top said that we had a lot of break points earlier on before canopy got the important break in the night. So um, no surprises there. But at the end of the day, it shows how Muguruza's season has not been good this season, considering how the good season last season. Yeah. I mean, this is shocking because this is the same Gabriel Muguruza who won the WTA finals just um, at the end of last season. And she hasn't been able to replicate that form since this season started. And it's been quite surprising, really. And this isn't the first time she is losing um, a match from a very good position this year. She has been having this problem for a while, really. Losing in three sets after being a, a set and a break-up is really surprising, knowing how Gabine Muguruza ended last season. But then it is what it is. Kanepi is Kanepi. You're a specialist. I don't think um, we expected less from her. And like I mentioned, um, Jabot wasn't the highest-ranked player to get upset in the first round of the French Open. So I would be going straight to defending champion world number two, Barbora Kekikova. That was, in a way, not surprising. This is a player who hadn't stepped on court since February and then didn't play any clay court tournaments leading up to the French Open and then went straight into a grand slam and lost almost woefully in the first round. Uh, the first thought that came to my mind, Femi, is why didn't she pull out? Maybe she should have just withdrawn from the tournament. Um, I think, I think, I think I, I, to be honest, I didn't expect much from her, but I would have thought she would have, you know, negotiated that first round match uh, in, in, you know, in, in, in a way where the injuries and the time she spent off court would, wouldn't really have much impact on the outcome, but Reverse was the case. Our opponent knew that this is a this is a big chance to open up the draw for her as well because yeah she's she's the second seed. So it um it wasn't a surprising result like you said, but I don't know. Uh, she she go, going back to your question. She I think if she wasn't the defending champion, she may have just 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 did uh, uh, let this pass by and and continue with her recovery. And, and, and fitness, uh, but I think she just wanted to attend, just wanted to give a fight to defend the title she won, uh-huh. surprisingly, to, to most, most people's um, biggest surprise. So I think she, ju- she, she just didn't want to give it up like that. She, she went on court and gave it a go. But it, unfortunately for her, it wasn't enough to, to get her into the second round. And she lost um, to Frances um, Diane Parry, who used to be world number one when she was in juniors. In juniors, yeah. Yeah, and people keep asking, okay, is this a new starborn? Is this a fluke? Mm. Do we expect more from her? I know we have seen um, a lot of new stars. We see a lot of new stars every now and then in WTA. But is this really a fluke, considering um, Krakipova's form? Uh, I, 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 I wouldn't read much to it, to be honest, because most of these juniors, they don't really come and turn things around in, in, in the main event. They, they take their time. 
there's been there's been a few that have kind of like had a bit of run in the in the slam, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I I I wouldn't if I see her past the if I see her in the second week, I'll be surprised. But yeah. who knows? Yeah. Yeah, I'll be surprised too. But maybe a star is born. <laughs> we'll see that. <laughs> Generally, I think the French women are having a really good run at the French Open so far, and it's quite unusual. Really, they don't usually have good runs at their own slam, but they are doing that now, and that includes Dan Perry. Upset, upset, and more upset. And it's Kostovic, world number five, also lost yesterday to someone who hasn't been in great form. Ayla Tomlanovic. Seven six seven five. This is someone who was on a winning streak, probably the most important oh, one um, in 2021, especially towards the end of the season. And now she's getting this kind of losses. What is going on at Lucas? Um, um, shocking, but it's not a surprise for me. Um, I just feel like. Ernest does not care about the play. I think she's like the Daniel Medvedev of, of um, the WT when it comes to play. Uh, I think um, she does not care what happens. She just goes out and plays by win time. So I think um, Tom Janovic being the inconsistent player she has always been throughout her career, I think um, good for her to win yesterday. But I went to look at how that match, there was a lot of back and forth. So it was not that any lady was better. It's just been... Um, playing the important point, but a lot of back and forth in the first set. Um, Tom Janovic sat for it, could not serve it out. Annette broke back, he played the tiebreaker. In the second set, Tom Janovic was leading 4-2, Annette broke back 4-4. At that point, we were like, okay, maybe yeah. Annette was going to come back and win. So it's just back and forth, back and forth, just two inconsistent players and um, just one person has to win. But um, I think Annette would be glad that the clay season is over because she's not at the very, she's not at the season so we could yeah. get back to our winning ways but a good one for Tom because she really needed because she's also been in bad form of recent yeah true and we talked about Amanda Anisimova versus Naomi Osaka during the preview as well I don't think we can call this an offset can we we all agreed that um, Amanda Anisimova was most likely going to beat Naomi Osaka considering um, Amanda Anisimova's form this year, and considering the fact that she beat Naomi Osaka also in the third round of the Australian Open this year, and it was play with Naomi Osaka. So, this wasn't an upset, right, Penny? Definitely not, and not even a ranking. So, I, I, I don't want, I don't want trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. The producer can cut me off this podcast, so I have to be careful what I say. But um, I think, I, I, in fairness, it wasn't. It wasn't. She she did fight. She won a couple of games, some tight games. She double faulted on set points. So crucial moments like that, you need to hold your nerve, hold yourself, yeah. especially from Osaka's perspective, where her serve contributes a lot to her game. If if she has a service game going. It does dictate the momentum and the pace of of, of, mm. of matches. So um, Osaka fell short heavily yesterday, and she must have been disappointed. Not not at the result, more more or less at the draw because that was very, mm. very lucky draw. Because she's trying to build ranking points, and she need those wins to get back into like at least being a seed in a in a Grand Slam again. Our, our, our ranking is why she had that tough draw and that will continue if, if, if that's not corrected 
in, in yeah. subsequent tournaments. So, uh, Nesimova, she has a very good opportunity. Remember 2019, she almost took out Ashley Barty in yes, the semi-final when she won the French, when Barty won the French Open. So, she's a dangerous player on, on, on most surfaces, especially clay and, and hard court. So, on her mm. day, she can, she can stand and match anyone. So, uh, it was a good good match. It was competitive. To, to, it was especially competitive. The first I was yeah, going there. First set, yeah. So it was good game. Good match. Yeah. Yes, it, it was a very competitive match. And I would say, to be honest, considering how um, Naomi Osaka almost detests Clay and hasn't really had good results on the surface, it was a positive match. She had some positives to take from the match. She didn't play badly. And... I, I mentioned, I tweeted that in the second set, I saw her flexing her legs. And she mentioned during her press conference that she started feeling that injury she'd been carrying since Madrid. Was that Madrid? Yes. Uh, all of a sudden again during the second set. And it really did show, but it was a competitive match, um, competitive match regardless. So that, that's it with the upsets, really, in the WTA. In the ACP, it's something that wasn't quite surprising, but I think kind of sad to see for everyone. Dominic Thiem, someone who we used to call the Prince of Clay, who isn't quite the Prince of Clay at the moment, lost <laughs> in the first round. He's ranked world number 196 now. Yes, he slumps that bad. Lost to um, Hugo Delian in straight sets. Hmm. 66264. And he was not in any way the Prince of Clay that day. This is his seventh consecutive loss since he returned from that injury which kept him out of no, action no, last year. No, it's his eleventh consecutive loss, but seventh consecutive oh. loss since he came back from the injury. Yeah. That's yeah, so let, let's not make it sound too bad for Dominic Thiem. Yes, Asnuke, it is terrible. And he mentioned during his um, post-match press conference that he will be um, looking to play challengers to see how he can gain some form and all of that. But it, it's almost heartbreaking to see. I mean, this is one of the best clay court um, players on tour. Like I said, we used to call him the Prince of Clay because he was supposed to um, replace Nadal as the King of Clay. And he's reached um, two French Open finals, and now he's going through this very, very rough patch. Can he ever come out of it? I know saying ever sounds a little harsh, but it is almost disastrous at the moment. I think can Dominic Thiem come out of this terrible patch? I don't know, know Simpson. As a as a big fan of Dominic Thiem, it's sad to watch. Um, and you look at how we watch the matches and um, he's not even coming up at all. It's not that, oh, mm. yes, he played very well. And maybe, he's, I don't know, I don't I don't understand because I watched the game against Godinian and uh, he didn't really put up the fight at all. Um, towards the end of the third set, he started, I think, um, eating more backhands, but his forehand was has been his biggest downfall since he came back. The forehand and the serve have just not been working well for him. Um, I've, I've always been shouting that he should go back to the Challenger store, so I'm happy he's going to take that up. Maybe he can get some wins there, build up his ranking, get some fitness in, and then we'll see how we, how we go. Because I, I, you can't 
say he's young anymore. He's not the age of the likes of Bereb and Sitifas. He's mm-hmm. three years ahead of them. So he's already a known star and a well-known star rather. So um, he needs to do a lot to get back his ranking. 196 in the world is not where Dominic team with all the qualities he possesses in tennis should yeah. be. So I wish him the best of luck in challengers to hope he can get some wins under his belt and build his ranking from there. Yeah, and someone who I don't really understand. Recently, just very, very recently, beat Rasul Nadal on clay in Rome. And now, loses in the first round to Hogarun. <clears throat> Denis Shapovalov, sorry. <clears throat> that one. <laughs> that guy. I don't know. Is is um. I I would say it's it's not reggae because beating Nadal on clay should be enough motivation to go into the French Open and 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 kind of like you know make make people think about you and send a bit of fear across the court, but. She just went there and played like, was it 76 on fourth errors or something like that? Some crazy <laughs> numbers. Um, Femi, it like, was 53. Please don't 53. add, don't uh-huh. add <laughs> so, some, But 53 on fourth errors from a player. That, that's a that, disaster. It just, it was, it was, it was crazy. I, I couldn't believe my eyes when I saw, I checked the score and it was too set to love down. And I'm like, okay. Try, it's still there. It's not, you know, it's not over until it's over in tennis. But it didn't yeah. even give any fight. It just, I, I, if you remember in Rome, it had some issues with the umpire, the crowd. Mm. Yep. I, I don't know where his head is. Maybe he needs to always play Rafael Nadal to bring his game. Because remember, the Australian <laughs> wait, Open. Wait, 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 wait. An injured Rafael Nadal. That's it. <laughs> well, Australian Open, he had, he had a good goal. Okay, there I was think that. He came back from two sets down against Nadal. You know, it doesn't happen often. I don't know what motivation he needs to to really give us the real Shapovalov because he has that potential. He's a very good player. He has a great ground stroke. One cross court, you know, one handed back and for a lefty, yep. it's even sweeter to watch. But I don't know. It's, it's, it's just it's just not there when it comes to the right moment. When it comes to is in the moment. I think he's got a decent draw in this tunnel, even though obviously he's drawn against so in, in, in that in that half of the draw, but there's a good chance to go to like to get to like the fourth round and then start playing, you know, all those all those difficult names. But he just he just couldn't mix it yeah when when it was least effort was expected of him. He just needed half of his ability on court yesterday to, 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 to book a place in the second round. Oh, that was today, actually. But while he made so many errors and didn't play to his full potential today, I don't, I think we should give all kudos to Hogarun, who beat yeah. him, who has been in superb form this year, won his maiden ATP title recently, just a few weeks ago in Munich as well. I, I think he deserved that win. And he, it was oh. a comprehensive win, oh. as you can. Okay. Yeah, I think um, Ogaron has had a good season. That, uh, I think, like I said, what started, I was not surprised Ogaron won after this year because you look at the season Shapovalov has had. He has lost to Ivatka, Nori, lost to Andy Murray, players you would expect him to defeat. That's how terrible he has been this season. 
But you now look at how Rune has done this season. Rune has been amazing. He has raised his ranking. He started ranking like 70 or 80 and he's in the top 40 now. You look at the players he has beat. Um, lost uh, Cameron Ori in the young, won the Bayern Munich sites, even they won it through retirement of uh, Botic Van the Shop. But even at the end of the day, he's yeah. had a season so far. So um, winning, I am expected, I have to say, I expected everyone to win that match because of the season Shapovalov had. But winning a straight set, far from what I thought. Yeah, that's that's almost unforgivable to be exactly. honest. <laughs> almost unforgivable. But uh, some some names have gone through Novak Djokovic, of course, in three sets, three sets. We didn't expect less than that, really, against um, Yoshihito Nishioka, um, Rafael Nadal. Also, in straight sets, did we expect less than that? Definitely not. Against Jordan Thompson. Daniel Medvedev, who is never having a good time on clay. I, I remember doing a match on clay, um, I think last year. He mentioned he doesn't like to roll in the mud like a dog. Wow. <clears throat> Talking about clay like that. Who is that? I know who that is and I'm not going to talk. Producer, well, 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 you have to pardon my boy, but that's the truth. And um, <laughs> defeating Bagnis in straight sets was was shocking. I did not expect that. Wait, 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 wait. Like, can you repeat? Can you repeat that? Who said no, that again? No, no, no. Who said that again? Excellent. That's our producer, Calvin Omuka. If you don't know, and I knew you were going to come in on this one. I just knew it. This is my favorite surface we are talking about. <laughs> I know you call it mud, but it is clay. And it is but my favorite surface. But I, it is not... I can but never it is believe you are saying mud too. Okay, we are, we are ending this podcast, Kate. This is where this podcast ends. <laughs> this is where this ends. <laughs> yes, Daniel Medvedev got an easy win. 6-2, 6 over Facundo Bagnes. Yes. Uh, he mentioned during his press conference that he would like to go um, deep into the tournament. So, he's ready for clay. He's ready to <clears throat> roll in the mud like a dog, like he mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Carlos Alcaraz also proceeded, progressed in three over one in Glacio Lodero as well. So, those are results we expected. Alexander Zerev also in straight sets so, no upset there. Uh, at the moment, matches are still going on. Some first-round matches are still going on. Uh, it rained yesterday, so some matches are still yet to be completed from yesterday. And the schedule is just kind of like a mess. But I'm sure matches will finish today if the weather decides to behave. The likes of Yannick Sina, Stefano Sipipas are still going to be playing as we speak. Uh, I think just a few minutes ago, Paolo Badoza... Um, got it six to six love really over um, Fiona Ferro. So yes, that's done as well. But we'll be looking to see how the second round goes tomorrow. The WTA is crazy, absolutely crazy. And Sabalenka is yet to play today as well. That's someone who is also a little erratic when it comes to the Grand Slams, but she's always a favorite at any slam considering her ranking and how good she's been on tour in the last few years. But second round begins tomorrow, and of course, I'm sure we'll be reviewing those as well. But um, 
I remember just as we were rounding up the previous podcast, the news broke that the ATP and WTA had, had decided that Wimbledon will be played without points this year, and that is due to the ban um, of Russian and, and Belarusian players from the tournament. It's been a little dramatic since Wimbledon announced that decision, and the WT and ATP also announced that they were in support of it, and they decided to take some sort of action, and the action they took um, was removing points from the tournament, and that means um, players will be losing points from last year's tournament and will not be gaining um, any points from this year's tournament. Some players have talked about it on social media during their press conferences as well. There have been so many mixed opinions about it. Was it the right decision or not? And uh, I'll be asking you guys. I know our producer has something to say about it. This is where he's going to come in as well. Did Wimbledon make the right decision? Are the ATP and WTA going about it the right way? Calvin? Um, the All England and London Tennis Club are caught between a rock and a hard place. The, yes, the decision, The decision to... Um, what's the word? The decision to react this way to Ban. Russia and Belarusian anything to do with these countries is 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 above them it's above the play pay grade of um um exactly people that. in the tennis club so i i i i understand them and i i, I remember i was listening to um catherine i think it's catherine Whitaker's podcast when this thing happened when this mm-hmm. news broke and i i shared it um I shared it widely at uh, the time. The, the, I, I would have been, I think it would have been really difficult for a Wimbledon to have admitted those um, Russian players. It would have been really difficult to allow them to come in. The only way I think, I think they might have been able to get around it would have been in a way that they can, they can dis, discuss with the players first and say to them, you will not take any prize money. Any money that comes, mm. you will not get any prize money. That for me, when I'm as I'm thinking about it, I've been thinking about it for for days now. That that's probably the only way they would have gotten around it. You will not get any prize money. Any prize money you get will not come to you. Um, um, and I don't think I really don't think those players would have minded. I don't I don't think it would have been a problem for them yes. because most of these Russian and Belarusian players have spoken against. Uh, um, the war, and even Andrew Rublev at the time said he was going to donate his winnings from a tournament to um, Ukraine. So yes, yes. I also, think that that would have been a good idea, really. Also, um, as somebody was um, saying in that podcast, I was talking about the worry is that imagine a Russian wins Wimbledon. That imagine and that's most likely Daniel Medvedev. Yes, imagine Medvedev in the wins. Wins Wimbledon. That imagine what um, uh, Putin would do with the with the PR of it. Like, <laughs> see how Russia, see how powerful we are, blah blah blah, and all of that. So I think that that, that I have no doubt whatsoever. And Femi would Femi would bear me um, would agree with me here that there's no way that that Wimbledon would not have been put under pressure 
by Her Majesty's government with regards to this decision they have made. I still think, I still think that um, the ATP and WTA's reaction, though, is quite um, um, what's the word? Uh, excessive, to be honest. To turn, to turn, hmm. to turn a grand slam like Wimbledon to a no-point tournament, to an exhibition tournament, is extraordinary. Because surely they would have known that Wimbledon, the organizers of Wimbledon, would not have done this, would not have taken this decision lightly, and that there's a chance that they would have been under pressure to to make this call they have made. So uh, it, it's it's difficult all around. What I think this is what if I, if I was in at um, part of decision making at Wimbledon, I call this year's tournament off. If we can't find a, if we can't find a, a middle ground. Then I'll call it off because it's an it will be. So you call you call the whole tournament off because of Russian and Belarusian players when there are so many no, others. Because WTA and ATP is done, has decided that it will be an exhibition tournament. Uh, but here's the thing, I, I wouldn't want to call it an exhibition because it's still Wimbledon, it's still the prestigious Grand Slam title, and it will always count. Femi, what do you think? Um. I I uh, slightly disagree with Calvin on this on this point. And okay, how immediately good? the immediately the All England Tennis Club made that announcement that they will ban Belair. I said this is an overreaction. I'm not playing down the impact or the message they are trying to send to suppress hmm. Russian propaganda. However, I believe that this, it was an overreaction. The French should have done the same. U.S. Open will probably won't do it when, when it comes to their tournament. All these Western allies, they are jointly, they've jointly condemned Putin's action. So if Medvedev goes on sure. to win the US Open, can they stop that propaganda from happening? No. Hmm. So I believe that the right wow. proportionate action has been taken by WTA and ATP to take the points ranking away. It will still be Wimbledon. It's still a, a, it's still, it's still a grand slam. Djokovic has confirmed that we are 10th. So he still wants to add that to his hall, 21 Grand Slams, even though he will lose so many ranking points. He could drop to world number eight by the time Wimbledon finishes in July. So I believe that it's an overreaction. And I believe they, they got this one absolutely wrong. And they are stuck in between it now that what do we do? If, if they reverse their action, they will look stupid. If they, they have to stick with it now. They just have yeah. to go ahead with, with the tournament without the point, Femi, which is not, which Femi, is, Femi, do you not, not think, good. do you not think they, they were, that, 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 that there was some pressure put upon them to make this decision? Because there's no way, there's no way there would not have been some form of, um, I, um, government. I agree with you. I agree with you. There would have been pressure. However, the, okay, Ro, here's the Ro, thing. Roland let let me tell you, Sorry. Let, okay. let me just tell you real quick what, um, some players have been saying. Like I mentioned, there have been mixed reactions Djokovic says he will definitely play, but he, he thinks it's a lose-lose situation considering the fact that every player, or at least most players, would be losing um, points. He won the tournament. He's going to be losing 2,000 points. Um, Matteo Berrettini, who reached the final, will be losing a lot of points and will be slumping in the rankings as well. Someone who came to um, social media to talk about it, this is exactly what he said. Matteo Kovic, who reached the quarterfinals last year, he was like, are you serious ATP tour from 
60, I will drop to 130. Yes, that's how low he will go in the rankings because he might not be able to defend his points. And Naomi Osaka, on the other hand, says she is someone who is motivated by points, who is motivated by um, those points, taking her higher in the rankings, boosting her rankings. And that's understandable because at the moment she's world number 38, 38 would like to boost her rankings at Wimbledon. Every player needs those points. Uh, Rafael Nadal says he understands where, the, uh, where Wimbledon is coming from and also understands where the ATP is coming from. Many players have gone to social media to ask for why this. They don't feel like they are being punished for... Just punished, <laughs> really. Pretty, yeah. It's straight Asinuke, down the I'll ask you this. If you were a tennis player, would you go ahead to play Wimbledon? Um, I, th- I think I would. I think I would. Um, as much as you don't get racking points, you still get the money and um, it's still a grand slam, no matter how, no matter how it is. But uh, like um, Femi actually said, I think uh, maybe Wimbledon um, were harsh in the decision or they were explained by it. Uh, maybe some prayer got to them also and um, ATP and WTA just found a better way to just retaliate and give them back what they gave to them. I feel for the players, especially those that have to defend points and won't get to defend themselves. So I feel for them. But I know a lot, of, a lot of players will still play. But on the banter mode, I'll be happy to see better get to number one after being leader. <laughs> yeah, there's that because of course, um, Novak Djokovic will be losing maximum points at that tournament. Uh, he'll get it somewhere else. I'm sure he will. And it's still a prestigious tournament, like I mentioned. It's still a grand slam. For someone like Novak Djokovic, who is looking to win a 21st title, he will definitely play. I think Nadal might play as well. Most players will still end up playing uh, for one reason or another, especially those who know that they have a chance of winning it. But I still think, personally, that the ATP and WTA could have maybe gone a different route, really. Maybe take away half of the points, make some other decision. But I feel like, really, a lot of players will be suffering for this. And it's sad. It's really sad. Um, Wimbledon did mention that they are still looking at their options and all. So, we'll see how that goes. Do you think anything might change, Calvin? I do. I I actually do. I I, am... I have a feeling that this is not this is not done and dusted yet. So something mm. something will happen, and um, a a what's the word? Um, they would will find a neutral venue, neutral ground for everybody. What WT and ATP have done, in my view, is is as is as bad as um, um, whatever we accused the All England London Tennis Club of doing because this is this was um, yeah. uh, you've just what they basically told um, All England London Tennis Club is we don't approve of what you're doing so because of what you you tried to do this we are going to do this <laughs> so that's that and that that is uh, well it's well it's all negotiation so I think that, I think I think something would happen the final decision hasn't been made yet hopefully something something okay. will happen where the Russians come back. Um, the points are returned, and then we have a proper grand slam. Okay. I'm sorry, I, I have a question. Me. I have yes, a question. Ahead, sorry. So, what if what if the USTA allow this Russian player 
has to, to compete, like like um, the French um, player and um, like the French Open organizers as well. But we don't know what, what difference. So Wimbledon, we solitary, and oh, now we... ban. Okay, but but the French oh, are allowing know. them to play. We it's the same. Our... It's the same Western yes. ally. No, the French have always been like this. The French have always oh. been like this. The French. Um, you, you remember when um, uh, at the start of the Iraqi. Um, the invasion of Iraq by the US. <laughs> Are we really going there no, right so, now? Because there was a French Open. The reason why I'm going there because there was a French Open tournament just about that mm-hmm. same time. And I remember yeah. um, uh, Serena Williams coming out, and she was she was a heavily booed. There's well. a lot of the American, a lot of the American players got yeah. proper stick because of that. So let's not even use the French as a yardstick for something like this. Nah, they can. Um, okay. We'll wait on USDA. That's too. it. We'll wait, wait on what USDA okay. do. Okay. I, I think I think they will play. I think the Russian and Belarusian players play at the US. It's probably too early to tell. We don't know if the what might change before then. But I think they will play. Most tournaments have allowed them to play um, so far. The only difference has been that since the invasion began, since the war began, the ACP and WTA had specifically removed the WTA and the um, Russian and Belarusian flags. So right now, we don't see the Russian and Belarusian flags, and I think that works. They don't even really call them Russians or Belarusians. They don't really mention them. And that's because they're simply playing as themselves yep. and not for, for, for their country. So, of course, Wimbledon couldn't look at it that way because it really goes beyond sports now. This is something that cuts across almost every sector and they are trying to reduce Russia's influence all around the world. So, I, I understand all positions, to be honest. It's, no one can win in this situation, is what I'll say. There's no winning for anyone. But like Calvin says, the drama has definitely not ended. But something that has come to an end is Joe Wilfred Songa's tennis career. What an emotional day it has been. What an emotional match. What an emotional end to the match. What an emotional ceremony after the match. Joe Wilfred Songa had announced just um, before the French Open that um, the tournament was going to be his final tournament as a professional tennis player and be fitting to end it here because of course he's French this is his home Grand Slam tournament and we mentioned in the preview that this was his bus stop <laughs> considering the fact that he was playing world number 8 Kasparu but what we did not see coming was the performance that he brought up he won the first set in the tie break forced the second set tie break before losing that lost the um, third set as well, was one game away from taking the fourth set after he broke. But then his body just shut down. He had a shoulder injury. Um, the match went into a tie break, but he couldn't really play. He had to switch to his left hand. He was in tears while playing, but he was determined to finish. He did not win a point in that tie break, but he played till the end. We definitely didn't see him pushing Kasparu to that level. He left everything on court today, knowing it was his final match. And at the end of the day, he had a ceremony. Um, the likes of Roger Federer, Nadal, um, Andy Moray were also in a tribute video for him. His fellow French players, Monfils, Gasquet, Simon, all came to court to wish him well as well. I almost cried my eyes out. It was beautiful and sad at the same time. I feel okay.
I can you can. Femi, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Okay, I can you can. Did we did we see did we see um, that, we that kind of performance? Really, we didn't see it coming. That was a threatening a straight set kind of thing for Kaspar Rudd. Um, maybe a C3, C2, C3 kind of uh, result. <laughs> but um, I think uh, maybe just being the last match of his career, or maybe the, but the fans, the emotions and everything, I think just helped him and he pushed, he tried. He had a chance to start for the fourth set. Maybe just take us to a decider. But um, even at the day, you could say he's had a very good career. As I as world number five. He's been to yes. top finals, defeated Nadal, as well as defeated Nadal. Petro. He's, a, he's, he's my best French player ever, but um, when you look at how his career has gone, he could have gone forward more, but injuries, then he, he was an entertaining player. Yes, we all love Guy Monfils, but I think we saw more of Songa being entertaining and winning because Monfils may entertain sure. and not win the match. He's just not entertained, but Songa still puts his out out to win the match, even though he's try to bring out some entertainment in him so he's had a good career was very emotional especially when he now went on the floor and um you could see the clay on his yeah. forehead and um he was oh, crying even applauding the fans and everything good career for him but i think he, he feels he has gotten to a point where his body cannot really take it anymore and uh, maybe that was one of the reasons why true we saw longer than that anymore because the body was not responding soon good one for him which more the way in the future endeavor yeah, Femi, so all the best to Joe said Songa, at least he was not shamed in his final match, really. We didn't even give him a chance at all, but he did seem like he had a chance if his body could have just, you know, gone ahead in that match. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree with you. Songa did leave something on that court today, he left it. He, fought. Mm. he didn't go down without a fight. And uh, which, amongst all the tributes and all the great things, Songa is a great player. There's no doubt about that. He competed in the peak years of Fedra, Nadal, Djokovic, and Murray. He was there fighting these guys. Yep. I remember Australian Open 08. I remember 2011 Wimbledon when he came from two sets down to defeat Fedra in the quarterfinals. He's, yep. a, he's a great player. But I think what fell short, what when he looked back in his career, I think moments like today, if he if he replicated moments like today a lot more in his career, he probably would have mm. achieved a bit more. But rising to world number five is a big achievement. But I think if he looks back, he fell below his potential a bit because Songa had much oh. in his game than what what they can show on his on his CV. But a great career, nevertheless. Yes, he absolutely did. So um. All the best to Joe Fesonga for the future. Happy retirement to him. Uh, I would have thought about that whole French um, golden generation, the likes of Morphys and all, who didn't really give up the expectation. But that is really discussion for another day because we got to run. The second round begins tomorrow, and I'm sure there will be more drama, more drama, more drama. I expect more upsets, really, especially in that crazy WTA tour. There will be more upsets, I believe. And we'll be back with another review or if something crazy happens um, in the second round as well. Thank you, everyone who has joined. Thank you, Calvin, for calling my favorite topic, Clay Mud. I forgive you. I forgive you. Asinuke, I also forgive you, but thank you for joining the podcast. Femi, you didn't offend me. Thank you, Thank you.
Thank you. <laughs> so you didn't offend me. So yes, I just wanted to forgive you for. We'll be doing this again. My name is Viola Celestiku. Enjoy the rest of the French Open. Enjoy the rest of the first round today, and then the second round tomorrow, and the next. Good night. Thank you. Thank you.